Brian Noonan on WTMJ Nights. Glad you're with me. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ talk and text line. Obviously, we did not win the Mega Millions. Justin, did you end up going and buying some tickets, or did you uh, did you ignore it wisely? I, I ignored it. Yeah, see, so you saved that money. I'm out my 10 plus my uh, 10 that I won, so I'm out 20 bucks, and my hopes were dashed. Imagine being that one guy in Maine who just wandered into a wandered into a gas station, bought his ticket. Next morning, he's big, big, big money. He doesn't have to worry if his employer is keeping track of him. Now, at our job, it's pretty easy to figure out if we are being productive or not because all the boss has to do is turn on the radio, and if we're here, we're doing our job. If they hear things coming out, then we're being productive, and if uh, you're listening, they know, and that means we're being productive. But a lot of jobs, you know, there's how you're sitting in front of your computer. Uh, you could daydream a little bit. Maybe you uh, get up, you go to the bathroom, whatever it is. Your boss may not may think you're working the full eight hours. Maybe you're not. Well, there's some new software that employers are starting to put on that keeps track of your productivity, especially in this day and age where some people are still working at home, and you know, or, or they're just the businesses are remote. For example, my daughter is her job is fully remote. So it's not like my wife goes in two days a week and works from home three days a week. My daughter, fully remote. An accountant in Canada has been ordered to pay her employers over $2,700 because they installed this time tracking software onto her laptop and it found out that she uh, misrepresented over 50 hours of work. Yeah. So she was fired from her job in at a british columbia accounting firm uh she claimed without just cause according to a court document filed in canada she sought five thousand dollars in compensation she wanted unpaid wages she wanted a month's severance uh the accounting firm said hey wait, hold on no 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 we terminated you for cause because you engaged in time theft Yes, that's the new term that is being used, time theft. It's a term for when an employee paid for work they have not actually done or for time they were not actually at work. We should try that, Justin. Just put in time, <laughs> time we're not here. This, this job is so easy to track. Hey, you put in that you were, uh, you were there from midnight to 6 a.m. No, you weren't. Nothing. You weren't on. Oh, Okay, forget it. 855-616-1620. I don't know if you do work remotely, does your employee employer rather have something like this installed on your home computer? Are they keeping track of how much time you are actually working? And be honest with me, if you're working from home and they don't have this, are you, you know, are you staying punched in when you make your lunch? Are you staying punched in when you go to pick your kids up at school, uh, when you're doing anything else around the house, when you should be working, are you kind of, well, I'm punched in and I'm going to stay punched in. So the company said, no, she's, uh, she's a time thief. She's just snatching time from us left and right. In February of last year, 
She initiated, the accountant initiated meetings with her manager because she felt unproductive. That's never good, I don't think. Is that a good move to go into your boss and go, you know what, I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing anything here. Oh, really? Yeah, I know you're paying me. I just feel unproductive. Now, I know they should tell, they say, the experts by they, say that you should tell your boss that you want more challenges. That's different. That's different than saying, yeah, I don't think I'm doing anything. I'm very unproductive. Well, that's going to give a red flag for your boss to say, maybe I, maybe we should keep an eye on what she's up to, what Carly is doing at home. So uh, they decided, as they should, to install a time tracking program on her work laptop. It's called Time Camp. Uh, she claimed that she found Time Camp difficult to use and couldn't get used to the program to differentiate between time spent working and time spent on the laptop for personal use. That's why you don't use your personal computer for work. You get a work computer. That's it. That's you say, listen, if you want me to work from home, I got to have a work computer. Anyway, well, that didn't work. Uh, she said, <laughs> she said all that. She said, I couldn't differentiate. Well, then they submitted videos showing uh, Time Camp was able to differentiate between work and non-work activities using electronic pathways. What does that mean? I don't know. I just know she got busted after she said, well, I couldn't differentiate. Don't worry about it. We're software. We can differentiate. I don't know how, but they do. They identified irregularities between her recorded timesheets and the work activity logged by the software. Uh, there was a discrepancy of almost 51 hours. She reported as time worked on her timesheet compared with the work activity that TimeCamp had logged. First of all, would you want a, an accountant that is this stupid? Because if she knows this is on there. She knows they're tracking how much work she's actually doing against how much work she's billing for, and she's still lying. So while I'm not a fan of Big Brother being installed on my computer to see how effective and productive I'm being, I also have a work ethic, which I'm sure most of you do too, where you're going to go, I got paid for my, I get paid to do my work. I'm going to do my work. I'll punch out for lunch, I'll punch back in, and I'll do my work. Now, does that mean every once in a while I won't daydream for a couple seconds? No, because we all do that at our jobs. But it doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, build a, build a company for 51 hours that I didn't work. So they met back in March, the accountant and her boss. They were going to discuss some of these discrepancies. Uh, she came that she felt, quote, backed into a corner, end quote, and said that she spent a number of hours working with paper documents, but didn't tell her company because, quote, they wouldn't want to hear it. Uh-oh. Another lie she's caught in. She should, she should move down to New York and run for Congress because she's like a George Santos-level liar here. Well, unfortunately for her, Time Camp also tracks printing activity and found no evidence that she, quote, printed the large volume of documents she would have needed to work on in hard copy. Yeah, so then she was like, okay, you got me, I guess. Clearly, I've plugged time into files that I didn't touch and wasn't right or appropriate in any way or fashion, and I recognize that. And so for that, I'm really sorry, she said in a meeting with her manager. They then decided to terminate her in March. Um, 
So the court dismissed her claim saying, no, sorry. They ordered her to repay $2,700, including damages for time theft, an additional 90 days. um, She has to do it within 90 days. So there you go. Considering how it's from the 262, considering how essential it is that accountants are trustworthy, accurate, and detail-oriented, who would want this lady to be working on their accounting matters? Yeah, that's not me. That's what I said. If you've got an accountant who is so dumb that they don't know that they're being not, she knew she was being tracked by this uh, time camp, and she still didn't do it. All right, so if you are working from home, whether you are remote or you're hybrid where you go in some days, you stay home some days, does your employer have something on your computer that they've told you about that keeps track and you can be completely anonymous? How honest are you? Do you fudge once in a while and stay punched in when you're making your lunch? Share your stories, 855-616-1620. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. We're talking about your employer putting surveillance software on to make sure that you are actually doing the work they're paying you to do. There's a point where that becomes too much. Now, this story we're talking about is an accountant who billed her firm for 50 hours that she wasn't working, despite knowing that she had this software on her computer. That's just dumb and dishonest. But I also think... If you are getting the work done that your boss wants you to do and you have a job where they can track it. Now, Jeff in Fox Point has one of those. He says, I'm hybrid. I punch out if I have to do something I think will take more than five or ten minutes. They don't have any software surveillance uh, that I know of, but I did get a small raise recently. So if they are aware that I stay punched in for the five minutes it takes me to make lunch, it's apparently not a problem. They also would be able to tell if I'm unproductive from the nature of my work. And that's I think that's the key right there. Because I don't like I don't like the idea of having to have some sort of surveillance software on my work computer to find out what I'm doing. This woman's case, they didn't put it on until after they had found some discrepancies. So if you're doing your work, and yeah, listen, I think every boss, you don't, if you're at work in the office and you have to go to the bathroom or you go to, you know, get a drink of water or something, if you're getting your work done and being productive, nobody cares. Nobody cares if you stay, it, it takes longer to sign out and sign back in than the, uh, to use Jeff's example, the five minutes it takes him to make his lunch, you know, because unless you live in some giant estate, you don't really need to be walking 20 minutes. You're fine. You'll be able to, uh, you'll be able to get your lunch and get back before you would miss anything. So I don't, I don't like it as a general rule. I don't think it needs to be on everybody who's working either remote or in a hybrid situation, especially in a hybrid situation because you're in the office for part of the week anyway. And your boss is going to be able to talk to you and go, hey, uh, notice the days you're here, you work like an animal. It's crazy. You get more than 
more done than you were supposed to. And at home, the days you're home, you're getting most of it done, but there's still some things that are either coming in a little late. So what's going on? And then if you're smart, you go, hmm, all right, I got to, the days I'm home, maybe, uh, maybe I, you know, cut down one uh, bathroom break or whatever it is. You pick up the pace a little bit is what I'm saying. You don't uh, put your boss in the position where they have to do that. But yeah, most of us have jobs where the boss knows if you've got your job done, your work done. You know, that's what makes that's what makes some people so crazy now that they're going back to the hybrid model because yeah, you know, a lot of companies were saying, and, and it depends on the industry, obviously, but a lot of companies were saying that pr productivity during the pandemic was high. You know, a lot of com my wife's my wife's company, for example, during the pandemic when everybody was working at home, they were all getting emails going, "Hey, things are going great, clients are happy, productivity is up, everything's fantastic." And so then when they said, well, but you got to come back a little bit, everybody's like, well, why? <laughs> Wait, if we're doing if we're doing everything there, well, it turns out they had, you know, right before the pandemic, they had bought new office space. So they're not going to, you know, let that just sit empty so everybody could stay home. So now everybody's got to come in a couple of days a week just so that uh, the new office space gets used up a lot. A new Movie is coming out based on an old movie. Some might call it a guilty pleasure. I call it one of the finest pieces of cinema ever created. Uh, I'm curious to see if my man Justin has seen it. What am I talking about? Well, I will tell you after this on WTMJ Nights. We were talking about this uh, software that tracks your productivity and whether it's needed or not uh from the 262 i had forgotten this remember ross perot of course i remember ross perot back when he was head of software from eds the creator back then of much of the system southwest airlines still uses yes they need to uh, change that up as we as we learn now they're getting sued uh he had security guards enforce that programmers remain at their desks and get permission to step away for the restroom or food drink, including when working mandatory nights and weekends when critical contract contract projects were behind. That's insane. I get I get some mandatory time. Listen, we you gotta work you gotta work nights and weekends. We have this thing. But if you're there working mandatory nights and weekends, trying to get this project through, how much do you think you can focus if you're trying not to go to the bathroom? You know, a man. We all, we've all woken up in the middle. Well, maybe not. Not you, Justin. You're a young man. You probably don't wake up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom. But anybody over a certain age knows, and uh, you get that twinge. You can't just uh, go back to sleep. You got to take care of that. So I'm guessing you can't uh, really focus on programming if you have to go to the bathroom. And then to have some security guard standing over you going, sorry, man, you, you just can't do it. Not good. All right, before we go, this is very exciting. A, um, a movie that... I believe falls under the category so bad it's good is getting remade. Have you ever seen Roadhouse, Justin? Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse. Yes, 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 yes. With the Patrick Swayze. Older movie. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Where he's he's the cooler. They're the bouncers. Yeah. No. Good. Good movie. But I see what you mean. It is. Uh, well, the best part is when he rips that guy's throat out. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is uh, that is my favorite. I haven't and, seen it in uh, a while. Just the uh, 
former pro wrestler Terry Funk trying to be an actor. Hilarious with the jeans tucked into the cowboy boots. Uh, a lot of guys running around with weapons that it, you can tell they've never ha handled a weapon before. Uh, Patrick Swayze just being Patrick Swayze. Well, it's being redone. Roadhouse is being remade. This is exciting with UFC champion Conor McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. They're a, the original Roadhouse. I like I like what Justin said. Old movie came out a long time ago. Yeah, I guess. It came out in 1989. Yeah, I, I looked it up right after ago. I said that. <laughs> 1989. You were right. It's a long time. Uh, so they've been, I guess, trying to remake this movie for years, which I don't know why you would trifle with perfection, but... That's how Hollywood is. So Gyllenhaal is going to be James Dalton. That was Patrick Swayze's role, even though we didn't know that Dalton had a first name. We just knew he was a cooler. And then McGregor is going to be some sort of uh, some sort of villain. It's not a classic remake, according to the director. It's a reimagining, which scares me, because that just means it has the same title and one of the characters has a similar name. But a lot of other uh, actors have joined the cast. It looks like it's a, it's a go. So I'm excited. I want to see I want to see a bad Roadhouse remake. And if you have a bad movie you wouldn't mind seeing remade, remade, you could drop us a text eight five five six one six one six twenty. We got a lot to cover in the second hour. We have to do that after the news, which comes your way after this on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. 855-616-1620 is the WTMJ Talk and Text Line. That's how you get a hold of us. We're here till 8 o'clock because then it's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. So uh, let's get it let's get it done in the uh, in the next hour. Or else we have to wait till Wednesday. That's just how it's going to go. Uh, before the news, we were talking about this Roadhouse remake that's coming out that's got me very excited with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Colin McGregor. I don't know how Colin McGregor is going to be as an actor. I know how he was as a UFC fighter. Uh, we've seen him, you know, you could say he was performing at his press conferences and different things. So we know he's outrageous. But uh, hopefully he's got an acting coach. But he's going to be, we don't know who he's going to be yet. The stills coming out of the set for the new Roadhouse movie. He, look, he, he looks villainous. I don't know if he's going to be Dalton's uh, pal. I don't know who will fill the Sam Elliott role that was uh, in Roadhouse. You know, the, the older, wiser, cooler who had obviously... <laughs> and, listen, I was a bouncer for a number of years. I don't, we didn't have a cooler, I don't think. We had one old guy who had a gun on him. That was it. Uh, the, and it, this was a big dance club that I bounced at for a couple years. And so there were all the bouncers. And then there was the guy who took the money at the door and was strapped. Maybe he was the cooler. Because I guess if you pull out a gun, that cools everything down. Uh, unlike when you walk into a uh, a bar with a razor in the tip of your boot and then Dalton has to break your ankle. You remember that part, Justin? Of course. <laughs> 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 it, 
You're you're just like, dude. I might have saw that movie once. Uh, it's an old movie. I, I watched it at a retirement village when I was visiting my grandparents. I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm as gonna old watch as you the. Like. I'm gonna watch the new one though, probably right when it comes out. So be, well, we I, should I, go together. I like McGregor. He's he's gonna be good. I have faith in him. I listen. I I can't he's wait funny. to see Colin McGregor. He's, in he's this. really funny, and I don't know. I feel like he'll be pretty good. He's outrageous. So it, it's gonna he, be interesting for sure. Yes. He can't be any worse than the guys they had in the original one. The uh, it was Ben Gazzaro was the bad guy um, who lived across the lake from the house that, uh, you know, the barn that Dalton rented to, to live in. And Ben Gazzaro had the worst henchman in the history of film. He had one guy that must have weighed like 500 pounds uh, that he couldn't, he'd try to act tough or get in a fight. One punch, he was down. You know, or somebody just throw a sandwich and he'd run after it. Then he had the aforementioned Terry Funk, who was uh, a wrestler back in the Terry Funk wrestled for a long time. And then uh, then some nondescript heavies that were his crew. So there's a part of me that hope I think Colin McGregor will make a great villain if he is, in fact, the villain in this. Because he's so over the top. He's like the Joker in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Who can fight. He's he's the Joker who is really dangerous, so that will be fun. Uh, I asked people if they wanted to text. We did get a couple texts. How about Top Gun? Oh wait, and then the laughing emoji. Yeah, that Top Gun, uh, that Top Gun remake, uh, Maverick. Did you see that one, Justin? I did. Did you like it? I did. So I'm 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 a little. I'm a little nervous here if people are about to say no, they I didn't did like too. it. Okay, I yeah. liked it I, because it's one of those. It's like I said, Roadhouse. So bad, it's good. This there was really no redeeming thing about it. It was like, ooh, look, airplanes. Ooh, we're fighting a nondescript enemy who's doing horrible things, but we're the good guys. It was just so simple, but everybody wanted to see it. And you know, they say Tom Cruise saved movies. Yeah, no, it was definitely a good movie. I really liked that one. I didn't see the original, though, until the day before, of course, my mom had me watch that because she was she was in disbelief when I told her I, I haven't seen the original one. I'm so, in disbelief, too. Oh, yeah, that was her favorite movie uh, growing up. So she, she Really? Made me, yeah, she made me watch that one. And, yeah, I mean, I, I really like the, the new one. It makes sense that that would be, you know, for a lady to really like Top Gun. There's a lot of really Cruise. good looking shirtless dudes running around yeah, all the time. Yeah. They're walking around just with towels on. The beach uh, scene. Yeah, there's the beach <laughs> scene, the volleyball. And it's like, oh, wow, there's there's a lot of partial nudity in the uh, naval aviators. That's, uh, that's what I took away from that. Boy, those naval aviators love to be half naked. All right, well, whatever. Um, but that was at, uh, let's see, I worked, on a, I worked at a movie theater, according to Jeff, uh, that played Roadhouse. It was a fun movie to go in and watch how people reacted. That and Young Guns 2 also had the most covert drinking in the theater that I ever saw. I'm trying to remember, I remember seeing Young Guns. I don't know if I saw Young Guns 2. I think that's the one that had, that's the one that had the Bon Jovi theme, Blaze of Glory. But I, I don't remember seeing it. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so Roadhouse coming back. This is exciting. All right. If your child misbehaves, do you and your significant other agree on punishments? And if you don't, 
kind of arguments do you have about that? Because this, I, I'm going to go right out of the box. I agree with this dad 100% on this punishment. His wife does not. All right. So, uh, husband and wife, they have a son. Oh, oh, Bon Jovi was in. All right. <laughs> Top Gun is Star Wars for jocks. <laughs> and, uh, yes, Bon Jovi was in in uh, Young Guns, too. So I was right about that. Star Wars for jocks. That was I guess because they're job. flying around very fast. And they are all alpha males who, you know, love to spin the volleyball on their finger and have a toothpick in their mouth and then hop on a motorcycle all sweaty and drive over to a woman's house to uh, to fornicate without taking a shower. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. I can see that uh, that thing. All right, so this couple has a six-year-old son, or a sixth-grade son. He's 12 years old. According to, uh, according to the dad, he's a pretty good kid, you know, but like all 12-year-olds, he's trying to push the limits a little bit, trying to, trying to make his way, which... You know, I like that the dad recognizes that. That, yes, he's a, he's a good kid overall, but he's 12, so he's going to try to get away with stuff. So he wakes up a few nights ago in the middle of the night, and he noticed that the family iPad was missing. Now, that is, that's a, a, a unique concept for me, the family iPad. Well, what happens next? I will tell you when we get back on WTMJ. This is WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan holding down the fort with you tonight. Start telling you about this dad who has a sixth grade son, good kid, tries to push the boundaries. The other night, the dad gets up, family iPad isn't there, so he's like, hmm, I'm going to check if one of the kids has this in their rooms. So he goes into his son son's room, finds him watching a Netflix movie on the iPad. Son didn't hear him because he had headphones in. So all of a sudden, uh-oh, he sees dad in there. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. So the dad goes, hey, go to bed. That's it. No more movie. Fine. This is when things get interesting. Four hours later, it's 6 a.m. That's the time everybody gets up so the kids can go to school. Well, uh, he wakes up his son. The kid immediately starts complaining. Oh, I'm too tired to go to school. Too bad. Oh, I was up late. I'm too tired. And the dad says, you know what? Too bad. You're going to school. Consequence for being up late is you have to go and you have to stay awake at school. So his son goes to school, comes home, he's exhausted, so he goes right to bed. Now, the guy's wife works the night shift, so she misses all she missed all of the shenanigans. She comes home, thinks thinks the kid is sick. Uh, he says, No, you know, the kid's not sick. Um, the husband tells her how he had been up all night. The wife completely disagrees with the, how he handled the situation. She called him a total jerk for making their kid go to school, knowing that he was tired. She also claimed that they could have punished their son in a different way. Um, the dad says, no, there's natural consequences, and those are the most effective punishments. Uh, he, said, he also says, I do the majority of the day-to-day -day parenting since my wife works a lot. Uh, I know this works for a lot of them. Do you agree with the dad that natural consequences are the best. My parents raised me that way with natural consequences with only one exception. And I, you know, my dad's no longer with us, but I thank him to this day every time I think of this one time that he 
uncharacteristically showed a huge amount of tenderness. I was in, I, I was in my going in at the beginning of my senior year in high school. I was working at a grocery store, and we had like a uh, a Labor Day picnic kind of thing, and uh, I got really drunk. So drunk, I don't remember coming home. I was driven home by, I worked with a guy who lived two houses away. So they drove me home. And I don't remember coming in. I don't remember anything. I do remember the next day I was supposed to go to school. And I had been sick as a dog the whole night. Uh, obviously, I was hungover. I didn't know, I hadn't, you know, this was, this was like one of the very first times that this had happened. And uh, I woke up and my dad took one look at me and he goes, go back to bed. You don't have to go to school today. And I couldn't believe it. Because they had planned on making me go. But I, I have a feeling in, that, in my situation, I would have smelled so much like liquor that uh, the Jesuit priest would not have put up with me being there. But for something like this where, hey, the kid snuck out, got the iPad, stayed up late. Sorry, man, you still got to go to school. You know, I think I think that by forcing him, uh, him to go to school, he taught his kid a lesson. What about you? 855-616-1620. That is the WTMJ talk and text line. Did you ever get any big punishments when you were, uh, when you were a kid, Justin? One that stands out that you remember that you were like, man, that was... Uh, that was a rough one. Uh, let's see. Let's see. When I was when I was little, um, every time I said a curse word, I would always get soap in the mouth. That was that was a big oh. one for me. Hated that one. <laughs> we um, had that too. The yeah. uh, we're gonna wash your mouth out with soap. Uh huh. That was that was definitely Ugh. my mom. And my my dad, he just he just would always raise his voice, and for some reason that just would scare the crap out of me and my brother. So, <laughs> like, my mom would always pull the "Don't make me call your dad" card. Oh, like, oh yeah. So we were we we were scared there, but soap in the mouth was definitely a big one growing up. That was I. Oh, and now did your mom use just regular bath soap, or did she? she it was have bar a special soap. soap. Bar soap. So yeah, the bar. Oh, uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that I still remember that. And sometimes my mom would use, or, or my dad would use. It was called Fell's Naphtha. It was like a gritty soap that they, they would use. It was bar soap to like get uh, back when there was a ring around the collar. They would rub that so it was kind of gritty. And oh man, and I never understood that punishment. I, I, you know, thankfully by the time we had my daughter, that was not one that was in, still in the rotation. Yeah, uh, the wash your mouth out with soap. I think now you could probably go to jail for something like that. Yeah. So not like recent, like obviously not recently, but high school. <laughs> High school or middle school, I would say my mom, what she would do, she would turn off the service on my phone. So Ooh. I wouldn't have like connection. Like the only thing my phone would get was like text messages, not iMessages and cell phone calls. So my mom could call me and I could call her. So wow. I would have no connection on my phone. And that, oh my God, that would get me. That would... That would make me so angry. That was very frustrating. Very, very powerful tool my mom had with that. Did one. you learn a lesson? Yeah, yeah, sure. She would do that for like a week. That would be like my grounding for a week. Because the thing with my parents is they wouldn't take away my phone. Because like if I was ever 
needed to make a phone call. Sure. Yeah, so she would just cut cut off all the fun stuff on my phone instead. Wow, that's 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 a good one. That's kind of hardcore. I like that. Ugh, I don't ugh. mind a hard Listen, I was the victim of many hardcore punishments. One year, I didn't get to go trick or treating because I had done something at school and my, I was told not to and blah 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 and I did it again. And when my parents asked me if I did it, and it was stupid. It was just throwing dirt clods out on the playground. Not at anybody. Classic. Not at the building. Just throwing it. And they told me, don't do this anymore. And I went home, and my dad said, you do that today? And being an idiot, I said, yes. And so my punishment was I couldn't go trick-or-treating. I had to just sit in the living room and watch everybody else come trick-or-treating at the house. It was horrible. Horrible. And I did learn a lesson. Never tell your dad the truth. That was the lesson I learned from that, because I told the truth that I didn't get to go trick or treating, so I didn't. Uh, I didn't do it. From the two six two, I agree a hundred percent. You do the crime, you do the time. That's yeah, you tell him, Beretta. And uh, Doug says my mother made me go to school after sleeping with contacts. I couldn't open my eyes; they were so sore. So I walked around the first two hours half blind, but I didn't leave them in again. All right. Well, we're learning lessons here on WTMJ Nights. <laughs> The punishments that teach us a lesson. I'm surprised that the uh, dad's wife, the dad we were talking about who made his kid go to school after he stayed up uh, late. I'm surprised the wife didn't agree with this. When she said we could have punished him a different way. What? Just take away the iPad? No, there's no... I don't, I don't think there's a punishment that would have been better. Think the fact that, you know, you're tired? Oh, well, life's tough. I enjoy uh, stories out of Florida, mostly because a lot of times they are very odd. And you may have heard something like this before. It happens every winter in Florida. And every winter, I am ridiculously and unexplicably entertained by this story. It's cold in Florida. Do you know what happens when it's cold in Florida, Justin? Besides all the snowbirds whining and complaining? Uh, what happens? Iguanas. I knew you were rain say down this. from the trees. I knew you were going to say that. Yes, I love when the iguanas rain down like a plague, a biblical plague. It's happening again. It's because iguanas are cold blooded, uh, and when they get super cold, so they have a tendency to topple from the trees. It's so sad. <laughs> well, it would be sad if they were dead. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but but most of them do not die. Most uh, I wouldn't be laughing if the iguanas were just dying. I just laughed that they're in a tree hanging out, and they're like, uh-oh, it's getting cold. And then they get paralyzed temporarily, and they just fall because they sleep in the trees, and it's just it's hilarious. However, it is as much as we laugh because in Wisconsin, we don't have animals falling out of trees. Imagine if that were the case, if like cows just, when it got really cold, just started dropping out of the trees. Now, I know people are going to text in and go, hey, idiot, cows don't sleep in trees like iguanas. And I would say to that, duh, I know. However, I was, uh, you know, what do we have that sleeps in trees? Squirrels, maybe? That's really all that sleeps in the trees here. Maybe some birds of prey. I don't want frozen animals dropping on me anywhere, especially because adult male iguanas can be five feet in length and weigh up to 20 pounds. Imagine that dropping on your noggin. When you're trying to stroll along the beach under some palm trees and all of a sudden, and all you're worried about is gulls, uh, you know, pooping on your head and all of a sudden a giant iguana drops down there. Now they do say severe cold can be hazardous to the iguanas because if it stays 
low in the low 40s or colder for longer than eight hours, some of the iguanas will not make it. Um, the bigger the iguana, the longer they can stay. So baby iguanas, if it's really cold for a long amount of time, that's not good. But uh, the iguanas are smart. They have begun to adapt, which scares me and tells me that someday we up here in the cold central Midwest may be uh, home for iguanas because they are learning to deal with the cold. Many iguanas in South Florida have delved deep into burrows. They've learned to burrow so they can survive the cold. Terrifying. The iguanas may be coming. Don't worry. We'll try to protect you. There's a lot uh, going on. Another great Florida story. It also has to do with Jesus and atheists. That sounds interesting. But we have to have more interesting real news, and that's in the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom with Finn Askin. This is WTMJ Nights. Yes, it is WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan with you until 8 o'clock, and then it's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. We just had a story from Florida about iguanas falling from trees. This is, uh, I'm going to say, 180 degrees from that story, but it also comes from Florida. I am a big believer in the separation of church and state. Uh, That's just one of the things this country was founded on. We are not a theocracy. That's fine. Every year, starting maybe in November, we start hearing stories, and these are from all over the country, of municipalities being sued for having uh, either Christmas decorations and not having decorations for Hanukkah or other religious holidays. And it's usually from atheist groups who are saying, listen, well, we're paying our tax dollars. We, we don't think this should be the case. Or from groups who are saying, well, if you're going to decorate for this holiday with tax dollars, then you need to decorate for this holiday with tax dollars. While I don't think it's necessary to decorate for any holiday with tax dollars, I do like to see holiday decorations around City Hall and and through the towns, and a lot of places put them in, you know, if your town has a small public square, things like that. You know, I like seeing them. But I also believe if you're going to do one, you've got to do all of them. That being said, this is going to push, this is going to push not only my, but perhaps your opinion to well is it better to do none because we if we have to include all it could get a little crazy all right so this is in fort lauderdale a couple months ago the city hosted a christmas tree lighting ceremony as well as a menorah lighting celebration sounds good okay Two, the two big holidays. Those were religious celebrations promoted by government officials suggesting that the public square was open to anyone who wanted to host a similar event. Oh, can you see where this is going? Well, that's when Chaz Stevens came in. He's a local uh, activist. He's an atheist. He's known for seeing an opening and really taking advantage of it. He asked the city earlier this month for permission to host an event of his own on April 2nd in honor of Kanamara Matsuri, the Shinto, quote, Festival of the Steel Phallus. Yep. Uh, the centerpiece of that event will be a 300-pound, six-foot-tall pink phallus. 
He also told city officials that proceeds from the event would be, quote, donated toward AIDS research as well as LGBTQIA plus awareness, uh, elevating both artistry and philanthropic causes in tandem. And he's going to hire his own security. Uh, he's going to hire an off-duty police officer to protect the exhibit. Now, as much as I don't want to be wandering uh, through town and seeing a six-foot-tall, 300-pound pink phallus, there's a part of me that can see his point. But I also can differentiate between somebody just making a political point, which, whether apt or not, is just a political point, or somebody who really is a follower of a certain religion. If I'm if I'm Jewish and my local government is doing all this Christmas stuff, uh, I'm not the only Jewish person in town. I want to be represented. I'm guessing, other than Chaz Stevens, nobody really knows the Shinto Festival of the Steel Phallus. I know now Justin is going to be celebrating that on April 12th, I hope, uh, or April 2nd, which... I, if it was on April Fool's Day, I would have uh, caught it. Hey, hey. But this is on April 2nd. April for Fool's is my birthday. So I will Is be, it really? It is my birthday, and I'm not kidding about that. Mine is April 3rd. Hey, look, look how at that. Hey, we that are. means on the 2nd, we should be celebrating both our birthdays along and with yeah, the Festival of the Steel Phallus. There we go. <laughs> A dual birthday, and we know what our cake is going to be shaped like. Yeah. I don't know where we're going to get that cake made. We'll have to find we'll have to find a sympathetic Milwaukee bakery that uh, when we explained that not only is it both of our birthdays, but the Shinto festival, they will say, uh, get out of here before we call the authorities. So the city officials now are, are stuck because they're like, well, we've funded decorations for Christmas and Hanukkah. Now we may have to we may have to spring for this six foot phallus. Um, it is uh, it is uh, Jack is asking if it was is trimmed or untrimmed. Of course, being a decoration, it is trimmed. Um, they asked him to submit an outdoor event application. The event would still have to be approved by an events committee and the city commission, but. Uh, a rejection may lead to a religious discrimination lawsuit, and you know nobody wants that. Uh, nobody wants that on their docket. So Fort Lauderdale may be the first city where this event is taking place, but he is hoping it won't be the last. He's looking at all different kinds of cities and trying to get this done. Only one, Deerfield Beach, has rejected him outright claiming his display would be, quote, obscene and quote, and create a safety hazard. Yeah. Uh, city officials also added that their understanding of Kanemara Matsuri is that it was a more cultural thing than a religious thing, and that gives them an out. This is, you got, if you're a lawyer for one of these cities or townships, you got to be licking your chops for this, because this is a lot of billable hours. You are going to, and, and also... How many times do you get to go into court and argue about a 300-pound, six-foot-tall pink phallus? I'm guessing not too many. I doubt in law school that one of your mock trials was about this. So to have to go in and say, you know, the more, uh, not graphic, but biological term for these things, uh, too much. 
Several mayors, including Fort Lauderdale, uh, Fort Lauderdale's mayor, said they won't support the display, but uh, most concede that it was a legal issue and it wasn't ultimately their call. You can see every every mayor in Florida just washing their hands of this whole thing. Eh, talk to the lawyers. I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea, but ultimately I don't have the say. So what do you say about this? Is it all or nothing? I think it is. I and, and, and unless they can prove, like the one city did, that this is not religious. Because if it's not religious, then go pound sand with your 300-pound uh, phallus. We don't have to put that up. That's not going to... If it is a religious thing, and the, you know the lawyers will be going through this with a fine-tooth comb, then... Unfortunately, you either get sued or you do it. Your other choice is to say, all right, there will be no more holiday displays of anything religious. But then you're going to get into the point where even if I, even if we just put up a Christmas tree in Santa, which are secular, they're about a religious holiday. So where do you draw the line? This is this is one of those tricky. Things like allowing the Klan to march. You know, we don't always have to like the message, but we have to respect the laws. Where do you fall on this? 855-616-1620. Would you want one of these sitting in your town square? And uh, how thankful are you really that you don't live in Florida? It's Brian Noon and WTMJ Nights. Talking about this atheist in Florida, Fort Lauderdale to be exact, who was saying, listen, you uh, put up Christmas decorations and Hanukkah decorations. I celebrate the Shinto Festival of the Steel Phallus, so I want you to put up my display, which is a 300-pound, uh, uh, six-foot phallus that will be uh, guarded by off-duty policemen that he doesn't. Now, this guy is an agitator. From way back, he's done a lot. He um, he's challenged religious privilege a lot in Florida and all over. Uh, Texas passed a law requiring public schools to display "In God We Trust" posters uh, that were donated by outside groups. He sent the school district those signs, but they were written in Arabic. Uh, Florida Republicans opened the door to banning books in public school districts, so he demanded they ban the Bible due to inappropriate content. Uh, he also erected festivist polls in the Florida Capitol, as well as distressivist polls that look like Donald Trump. He's placed an image of, uh, well, that one we'll leave out. That's a little graphic. But uh, he once hired someone to wear a costume of a phallus. He loves the phallus with uh, Donald Trump's head on it. So this is, uh, this is strange. How far down the rabbit hole do you go if you allow this? What if next year somebody comes along and claims they're with the fascist Church of America and they want to worship Hitler and have a six-foot statue of Hitler? We've already seen it with the uh, Church of um, the Satans, Satanists that they uh, they wanted to do this. It, this was not this holiday season. I think it was a year ago that uh, there was a big uproar about that. They wanted to erect some statues. And yeah, I agree. You open the door, but... It's it's religious. You, if you start drawing the line and saying, okay, is this... First of all, we have to make sure it's a religious thing. That's the big question. 
on this. Is this really religious or if it's cultural? If it's cultural, you toss it out, you don't, you don't worry about it. If it's a religious thing, then if you're a community, you run the risk of getting sued for religious discrimination. And it is hard. So then you're, as I said before, there's not, there's not too much you can do. You can either let this happen, you can battle the lawsuit, and probably win, because with something like this, they would use the old, uh, the old Supreme Court ruling about pornography. I, don't know, I, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And this would definitely qualify, in my opinion, under that where you go, listen, this is, uh, we have a lot of kids coming through the Capitol. We have a lot of, uh, or walking through town square. This is not appropriate. It's, it's just not. So go ahead and sue us. We'll take it. Or you just say, we're not going to do any decorations that have any tie to a religious celebration. And we know that's not going to happen either. But, you know, the atheists will, will keep, keep trying, and that's their right. They can keep trying, and the government is going to just have to figure out what we do about this because there is, there is no really simple answer. Because I'm with you, texter from the 414. How far down do we go? We, we keep going until we reach some sort of, some sort of either blanket decision or we just say this is going to go on forever and we're going to take it case by case and you know this guy's not get, this guy knows it's not getting done he knows he does this for publicity for us to talk about it for us to open this conversation of how far down the rabbit hole but one of these things cost 8000 he's already had to set up a gofundme that's 8000 per statue plus the legal uh, legal fees if he has to sue a city. He knows this isn't going to happen. He's just out there to be a troll, to be a pest. And, you know, but it is worth the conversation of where, where can we stop it and where should we stop it? And, you know, this one is never, this one is never going to happen. But, you know, something, something else down the line, there, there was, the satanic statue did get uh, put up. So if you if they're able to prove that it's a tradition or a religion, a legit religion, that's that's where things will get dicey. All right. We're going to switch it up before we get out of here. Oh, man, I don't know if you know, the Golden Globes were last week, and uh, the fallout from the Golden Globes, not too good. We'll talk about that before we get out of here on WTMJ Nights. In the background, who who was that, Justin? <laughs> that, that was that was Naz. That was Naz. Yeah. All right. Sounds like Naz is getting busy. If everybody wants to rule the world, but then again, I'm the guy who also liked Roadhouse. So as as you know, Justin, I'm very old. All right. The Golden Globes were last week. Uh, did anybody watch it? Probably not. The ratings were way down. They were, uh, you know, last year they didn't even air the Golden Globes on NBC. This year they came back, but. Oh my goodness, several celebrities have tested positive for COVID since the Golden Globes, which 
kind of uh, goes along with what everybody's, all the health experts are saying. But um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michelle Pfeiffer, many others, or, or a few others, have revealed they contracted the virus after the award show, the Critics' Choice Awards, which was yesterday, which I didn't even know. I know you didn't watch the Critics' Choice Awards, Justin. They were held last night. They announced that all attendees would be required to submit a negative COVID-19 test before entering the venue. So public health experts are saying the actors and actresses falling ill is not surprising due to the relaxed regulations of people at public gatherings indoors. I am guilty of that. I am lax now. I have, I have kind of accepted the fact that it's here. We got some schools that are going back to masks. Um, I wear a mask. I had a uh, doctor's appointment earlier today. I wore the mask because you got to wear it inside that building. That's fine. But uh, weekly COVID cases have topped 400,000 for the last six weeks, according to the CDC. Now, those are figures not seen since late September. Overall numbers have declined from last week, so we'll take that as a good sign. COVID-19 deaths are trending upward, which is not good. 3,900 deaths uh, reported as of January 11th. Data shows that flu cases are declining. That's good. Cumulative hospitalizations uh, are a little bit higher, under 2% than the highest figure recorded. That's not bad. We could. Somebody, we're going back to the religious topic. Somebody texting in from the 414. Uh, I like the way you think. We'll just, I, I know this is, you know. Oh, wait. We were talking about something else. Let's make up a religion based on frozen iguanas falling from trees. Justin, we got to get to work on that. <laughs> think that would be good because we th yeah we tie that in this is all right i'm gonna work on that but the <laughs> but then like for our high holiday we just got to throw frozen iguanas at each other and nobody's gonna like if i went to if i went to milwaukee common council go listen my religion is all about frozen iguanas uh i know you're putting up the menorah and the christmas tree we need a giant frozen iguana on the uh along with the decorations. How long do you think that'll last? I don't know. All right, listen, how long will this show last? No longer. We have to get going. After the news, it's Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. I will talk to you again Wednesday night at 7 because they have the hot stove baseball special at 6 o'clock. So we'll be here at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of the program. Justin, thank you as always. Have a great night. It's WTMJ.